This meeting is being recorded. Hello everybody, Pastor Iris back on the air with you. And today we've got Dr. John Scheiber in the virtual studio with us. Good morning, John. Good morning, Iris. How are you today? I think we're okay. I haven't had much chance to inspect or take a breath, but I think I'm still going strong. Well, well, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. That's, I think that's the way you and I live these days. We are so busy. I mean, we're, we are packing suitcases right now to leave when our time with your audience is over. And then we'll be back to unpack the suitcases and put those clothes in the dirty clothes and put new clothes back in the same suitcases to go again the next morning. So it's kind of the way we're living right now too, but that's a good thing. We're not complaining, but we're, we're, we're blessed that God is using us. So that's good. That's wonderful. It's always a joy to be here with you and, and be back with your audience. We, we welcome all the new people in Vietnam. Yes. In Honduras. Mm. And we, we, we hear that, that the, the global audience is just continuing to grow by the tens of thousands that are listening in every day. But to Vietnam and Honduras, we're so happy that you're here. God bless you. Yes, it was a really nice surprise. And to see them on every day. Amen. Amen. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Anyway, I think they're going to listen to what you've got to say to them today, John. That's for sure. Well, I hope so. We, um, <clears throat> you know, right before, well, let me back up and say good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you're joining into this broadcast again. <laughs> what a good idea. It is a great idea. But Iris, you and I were talking right before we began the program today how that you and I are not just doing this for to kill time we're not just doing this arbitrarily we are doing this because God has called us to do this in such an hour as this you know the Bible says the, the Bible tells us in Isaiah the Lord said for my word shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish the thing whereunto I, I have sent it. And so the reason we do these things, you and I together, and we, we join in with this global audience that listens in every day, we do that for a reason. And that reason is, is to get the living word of God in people's hearts. You know, Iris, I am, you know, I've, I've served the Lord for only God knows how many years, and I'm not going to get into numbers today, or people would, would think I'm too old to know anything, but I actually do know two or three things about two or three things. But, you know, I, I'm discovering things. I've read my Bible again and again. I've read them through. I've worn them out, gotten new Bibles, worn those out, gotten new Bibles, worn those out over the years. 
I still have most of those Bibles in my bookcase and they're beat up and scratched up and scuffed up and, and they are filled with red ink, yellow ink, blue ink, black ink, green ink, notes everywhere. And when I run out of margins to write in and everything looks like it's all underlined, I get a new Bible and start all over again until we fill that up. But I'm saying all that to say this, you know, in these days, I'm finding things in the word of God that I've read hundreds of times before, but it's like it's fresh every day. And that's, that's the thing about the, 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 the word of God, you know, Jesus, Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. Mm -hmm. And the more we time we spend in God's word, studying his word, allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us his word, that Holy Spirit stirs up and imparts the life of God into our lives and builds our faith. Mm -hmm. It builds our faith. So that's kind of a long way around the, the bush to, to say what I'm trying to communicate here. But God wants to build our faith in these days. It is to build our faith and to let these things, these things happen. Can I, can I tell you a story this morning? Oh, yeah. yes. You, you, you know, and those of you that listen in every day, you know about me and my stories. I will say they're all true. I, some preachers just make all this stuff up, but but I never tell a story unless it actually is true or I, it actually happened. Some years ago, you know, Iris, we traveled for many, many years in revival meetings all over, all over America, all over Canada, Europe, um, other nations with the prophetic mandate that God gave us. And um, we were coming home. My wife, Yvette, our three children were young and we, we had a travel trailer. Now we had a home here in Florida, but when we, when we went on the road, we took everybody, including the dog and the cat in a big travel trailer. And we went to churches everywhere around America and Canada in that trailer. And it was October one year and it was cold. And I think we may have been up in, in Canada somewhere, but, but we were finishing up many weeks on the road and we were headed back home to Florida. And I don't even remember the state we were in. It could have been New York state. It could have been Pennsylvania, Ohio, one of those northern states, and uh, it was cold weather. And I had been driving the van, pulling this 30-foot-long travel trailer for like 10 hours that day. I was tired. It was cold. It had been raining all day. And we stopped in a campground, an RV campground, somewhere, and for the night, and we, I backed the trailer in. I never even unhooked it because we were leaving first thing in the morning. 
and I put on a plastic jacket and I got out beside the trailer to hook up the electricity and the water and all of those things that you have to do. And Yvette and the children were moving out of the van into the trailer and she was going to fix dinner. And I'm out there in the freezing cold rain. I mean, it was like in the forties, it wasn't snow yet, but it would have been, had it been a little bit. In fact, I wish it had been snow. That would have been warmer than that cold 40 degree rain was. But I was out there and there was a large motor home parked next to us. And I'm out here in the cold and in the rain and weary. And, and out from the inside of that motor home, I heard all this horrible, horrible, ferocious dogs barking. There were two dogs that were just barking at me and I'm out here in the dark by myself in the freezing rain, trying to hook up the electricity and the water on this trailer. And I'm thinking now to top off an already wonderful day, now I'm going to get dog bit. <laughs> well, I hurried along and I got all my work done and I got in the trailer. I got up the next morning, the sun was shining and it's early and I'm out there. And I'm hurrying along because those dogs had to have been in that motorhome. And suddenly the door opened. And the man that owned that, that motorhome stepped out. And I didn't hear any dogs barking. And he said, good morning. I said, good morning back. And then I said, where are the dogs? And he started laughing at, at the dogs. And he said, well, come over here. Let me show you the dogs. He opened the door and inside the motorhome were two parrots, <laughs> birds. He said, we've had those two parrots for years and years. And we used to have a really bad dog. And the dog was always barking at everybody and said, those birds listened to that parrot. The parrot listened to that dog barking for so long that they learned to bark like dogs. And now when anybody comes around the, the motor home, these two parrots start barking and they sound just like a, a bad dog. Okay. And that's what you, they were just two parrots. Now, why, why is John telling that story today? Many people listen to the word of God, but the person that's teaching the word of God or preaching the word of God is just like a parrot imitating a dog. They're just making the same sounds. They're making the same noise. They're doing exactly the same thing to get the same effect out of people. But their message, their message may, may be loud and rowdy and sound like dogs, but they don't have any teeth to it. It doesn't have any teeth to it because it doesn't have any anointing on it. And it is just, it is just noise. But when God comes and the Holy Spirit anoints, he does not come like a parrot, just making, making worthless sounds and noise. But he comes bringing the word of God as spirit and life. 
You see, those those birds could sound like they were going to bite me. Those birds sounded like they were going to intimidate me. But those birds had no teeth. Those birds had no ability. All they could do was make the noise. And that's what religion is. That's what dead religion is. It's just noise. It's just religious noise. But when we know the Holy Spirit, and we yield to him, and we bring the word of God, there is an anointing, an anointing of the Holy Spirit that is not just religious noise that goes into people's heads, but it goes down deep inside their spirit. And that's the reason we, when you and I do what we do together with your audience every week, we want the Holy Spirit to come and take the word of God and put it in people's hearts. And we know that he is because of all the people that you tell me that, that you, you learn that of all the people in all these countries around the world that are increasingly listening in on this program. And, I'm, and, I'm, and if you're one of those today that's just here, whether it's Vietnam, Honduras, Africa, South America, Asia, Europe, wherever you're listening from today, we don't want to give you religious noise like parrots pretending to be dogs. We want the anointing of God, the fire of God to come and pierce hearts with revelation truth that, that begins to bear fruit in your life 30-fold, 60-fold and 100-fold return to be a blessing to you. That's the reason, I mean, you could, those of you that are listening right now, you could, you have got a million things that you could be listening to on your computer, on the internet. Yeah, I mean, there are millions and millions of them, but you're listening to this right now. And so we're talking to each one of you individually, and we want for God to bless you today. Iris, these, for all these weeks, you know, we've, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the glory. And <clears throat> the, the reality that I want everybody to capture this great truth today and that is that God the Father is seated on a throne in heaven. Amen. God the Father is seated on a glorious throne in heaven. John the Apostle, writing in the book of Revelation, described what he saw. He actually talked about thunder and lightning and, and lights like a rainbow. Uh, around about the throne. He talked about a mighty river, clear as crystal, and filled with life that flows out from the throne of God. Well, that's where God is seated today. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is seated on a throne at the right hand of his Father. Where? in heaven today. So what does this mean? The Father's in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. 
But the great third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of the Father. Everything the Father is, he is. Everything. Everything. Absolutely everything that God the Father is, the Holy Spirit is. For he is the Spirit of the Father. Everything Jesus is, everything Jesus is, everything the Lord Jesus is, he is. For he is the Spirit of the Lord Jesus. You see, some people have the idea that the Holy Spirit is somehow lesser. Or they think that the Holy Spirit, well, you know, the Holy Spirit, that's just emotion. Or the Holy Spirit, that's just a, a feeling. The Holy Spirit is just a, some sort of a mystical force. And it, no, the Holy Spirit is a person. Everything the Father is, he is. Everything Jesus is, he is. You know, Iris, let me, let me hold that thought right there, everyone listening in today. Just hold that for a moment. We're coming right back there. But, but put that on pause right now and go over on a sidebar with me here momentarily. Everything I am, Iris, everything you are, Everything, any person listening to this program today, everything we are is who we are in the spirit. You see, just like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is a trinity, you and I, Iris, and all of our listening audience today, we are a trinity as well. We are spirit who have soul who live in a body. Well, what does that mean? The spirit of a man, the spirit of the woman, is that component of who we are that lives forever and ever and ever and ever. If we've been born again by the spirit of God, we will our spirit will live in heaven forever. If we've rejected the gospel, if we've rejected Jesus, that spirit man, that spirit woman that God created in his own image for the intent of living in heaven forever and ever will be lost in hell for all of eternity. But the point I'm trying to make here is simply this. We are spirit beings. We have soul. Well, what is a soul? A soul is the mind. It is the emotions. It is memory. It is feeling. The soul of a man, the soul of a woman is the psychological, mental, mind-based dimension. All of that will end. Let me say that again. Every bit of that ends at our last heartbeat. When we die, our memory dies. When we die, our intellect dies. When we, when life on earth comes, that soul part of us ceases to be the spirit of a man, the spirit of a woman 
lives on forever and ever and ever. But the, the bad memories, the, the pain, the sorrow, the disappointment, the fear, all of those things encapsulated in the soul of a person, which is mental and emotional, all that ceases to be. This physical body that we live in dies. <laughs> I mean, I hate to bring bad news today, but, but these bodies, they're very temporary. They're very, very temporary. And they will not last forever. Now, when we die and Jesus returns at the great catching away of the church, these bodies will be resurrected into a glorified body that will live forever in heaven. But it will be a body that is ageless. I, I really believe, Iris, this is my personal opinion. I really believe when we get in our glorified bodies, these bodies are going to be the bodies we had when we were in our 20s. Mm -hmm. Wherever we were at the peak of strength in our life. That's where, that's where we will be. But the point I'm trying to make here is we are spirit beings that have a soul, men, mental, intellectual, emotional, but we live in a body. We live in a body. And that body will one day die, decay. That body will one day be gone that mind and emotion and all of that was all part of the mental, the brain, the neurological makeup of who we are. It'll be gone as well, but the spirit lasts forever. Now, that was a little side trip. There's no extra charge for that. So let's get back to where we started. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the Father. He is the spirit of Jesus, the son. Everything Jesus was and is, and the Bible tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But everything Jesus is, he is, for he is the spirit of Jesus. Everything the father is, the father had no beginning and had no end. You cannot add anything to God for God possesses everything there is right now. You, the, the, God, God, God doesn't learn anything new. There's nothing that God doesn't already know. But the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the Father. He is the spirit of the Son. And Iris, here's, here's, here's the punchline for everybody. Get ready. Here it comes. The Holy Spirit has been given unto us in the earth and in the church, in each of us personally and in each of us corporately as the church to be everything the Father would be, everything Jesus would be, were they on the earth physically today? He's everything. And he's the one that we have. 
when a person says, you know, Jesus lives in my heart, they're absolutely right. He lives in our heart by his spirit. I read the other day in a book where, and, and I do not know that this is true or not, so I'm not making, <laughs> this is not in the Bible, but I read the other day where it had been, <clears throat> it had been agreed upon based on historical evidence that when Jesus was on the earth, he was probably about five foot 10 or five foot 11 in height and weighed between 170 and 180 pounds. Now, how they determined that, I don't know, but there were historical references to his body shape, his body type. We don't know that that's true, but it seems fairly plausible that he probably was. But today, the Lord Jesus Christ can live, not as a five foot 10, five foot 11, 170, 180 pound man in every person's heart, but he, he's able to live in the hearts of people individually and in the church corporately. Iris, that's the reason. That's the reason the Bible refers to the church as being the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Just as my spirit, the spirit of John Shiver, lives in my body, I, I am six foot one. I weigh about 190 pounds. Okay. But he lived, my spirit lives in that six foot one, 190 pound earth suit that I wear every day that is temporary, but my spirit lives forever. But my spirit lives in, in that earth suit of, of those approximate dimensions weight and height. The church of Jesus Christ is intended to be the body of Jesus in the earth by the great third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who has been given to the church. Are you with me? Are you with me? Yep. Just as my spirit inhabits my body, the Holy Spirit inhabits and fills the church, the true church. And Iris, I, I, I probably need to go out and learn some new languages. I need to learn Japanese, Chinese, Spanish, French, German, Swahili. I need to learn some more languages because I, I seem to be exhausting all the words that I know in English in my attempts to communicate to people the absolute necessity the absolute necessity. The absolute necessity. That the church honor the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
that the church yield to the Holy Spirit. That the church be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know why I'm getting off on this today. I don't know why this is for somebody. Can I tell another story? I usually try not to tell so many stories. Can I tell another story today, Iris? Absolutely, yes. You're not going to get upset with me for wasting airtime, are you? Oh, no, it's not a waste at all. I know, I know a man that he had two big Labrador retrievers. One was a big black Labrador retriever. The other one was a big yellow Labrador retriever. And these dogs were just always rambunctious, always fun. They were never vicious. They were always happy, playful, large dogs. They weighed about 70 or 80 pounds. These were big dogs. Well, this man that I know had a next door neighbor. And the man next door had a big cage in his backyard. And inside the cage, he kept a big white fluffy rabbit and that rabbit was a family pet but he lived out in the backyard well one day my friend looked out his kitchen window and he saw those two big dogs the big labrador retrievers and they were running around the yard with a toy in their mouth and to his horror it was the rabbit and they were tossing it like a ball. But the big white fluffy bunny, it was covered in dirt. It was obviously dead. And this man I knew went running out in the backyard and chased the dogs away and picked up the big white fluffy bunny that was dead, covered in dirt and leaves and mud. And he thought, I cannot let my neighbor find out that my dogs kill this rabbit or he'll be real upset with me. So he took the rabbit in the kitchen and put it in the sink and got dishwashing soap and filled it up with warm water and he washed this dead rabbit's body, got all the dirt off of it, made it perfectly white again. He got a hair dryer and dried the rabbit all the hair, dried it off, fluffed it up with a brush. And then he went back over to the neighbor's house and put it in, back in the cage and locked it up. So the neighbor would just think, well, the, old, the rabbit was old and it was just his time to go be with the Lord, you know, and he wouldn't find out about what the dogs had done. Well, he put the rabbit back in the cage. A couple of days later, he saw his neighbor out in the yard and his neighbor said to him, he said, do you believe in miracles? And my friend went, yes. He said, do you really believe that there's such a thing as a resurrection? My friend said, yes. Do you really believe something can rise from the dead? My friend went, yes. He said, well, you know that rabbit? 
Yeah, another rabbit. He said, well, that thing died a few days ago, and we were really sad. And so we had a funeral for him, and we buried him in the backyard and said a prayer over that. And he said, yesterday, I went out, and the rabbit had come out of the grave. It was a hole in the backyard, and the rabbit was... He was still dead, but he was clean and he was in the cage. And it had to have been a miracle that that rabbit came up out of the ground. Well, well the guy I knew never told him what had actually happened. That neighbor still believes to this day that that rabbit rose from the dead, cleaned himself up, got a resurrected body, got back in his cage and then died. Now, the reason I tell that story today, there are many Christians today and many churches that they treat that, they treat Jesus like that rabbit. Oh, we believe he lived. We believe he would died. We believe he was buried. We believe he rose again from the dead on resurrection day. We believe he's perfect today. But he's nice and clean, but he's in the cage and he never does anything. And that's all they talk about was the life of Jesus. And they never had a revelation that like that dead rabbit, Jesus is not dead. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. And he's coming back very, very, very soon. But he is here today by his spirit. He's here by his spirit. And so, Pastor, let him out of the cage that you put him in on Sunday. Let him out of the box. He's not dead. He's alive. And he's here today by his spirit. He's the spirit of Jesus. He's the spirit of the Father. And he is the only one of the Trinity that is here for the church today. Iris, one of my favorite scriptures is Zechariah 4, 6. And I've referred to this many times together in our times together where Zechariah 4, 6 says, and this is God talking. He says, it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by might nor by power, but it is by my spirit. Everything God does, he does by his spirit. Go and read John 14, John 15. And John 16, some of the last words that Jesus ever spoke to his disciples. You know, some people don't understand that they somehow think that, you know, John 14 was written on Monday. John 15 was Tuesday. John 15 was on Wednesday. 16 was on so forth. No, this was all one chapter. They just broke it up. 
in the translation of the manuscripts to make it easier reading and, and put verses on it. No, this is all one time of teaching. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 1, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus was talking about his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension back to the Father, and the great promise that he would be coming back again for the church. Well, the disciples were not very, very excited about this because they didn't want him to leave. They couldn't imagine living here in the earth and Jesus not be here. Jesus addressed that and he said in John 14, 19, he said a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Well, they didn't understand how that would be. He said, you'll see me because I live, you will live also. And at that day, you will know that I'm in my father and you are in me and I'm in you. And he that has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he that loves me will be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Well, these disciples are getting more confused by the minute. He's saying, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go back to my father's house. The world won't see me, but you're going to see me. And because you love me, I'm going to reveal myself to you, but not to everybody else. Well, they continued to question, trying to understand what it is, is Jesus is talking about. Jesus said in verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we, Jesus said, we, who's he talking about? He said, the, he's talking about the we as the father. The we is Jesus, the son. He said, we will come to him and make our home with him. He that does not love me does not keep my words. The words which you hear is not mine, but the father that sent me. Well, they still didn't understand, but Jesus continues to pour into them again and again in chapter 14, John 14. He talks in John 15 about, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me, and I abide in you. How are they supposed to do that? They, I mean, think about it. He, he said, I've been here, I'm leaving, I'm going to heaven, I'll come back one day. But the world won't understand me, but you will understand me because I'll manifest myself to you if you will abide in me and I abide in you. I mean, this is making no sense to anybody with their natural minds. Well, he continues on. He continues on with, with this. And then he says in verse chapter 15, verse 26, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, 
the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. Now, this is the, this is the place where I wish I knew more languages so I would know more words to try to communicate. This is not like the, the parrots pretending to be dogs, just barking fake sound. Jesus talks about a helper that is going to come who will testify of him. Well, Go ahead and move on into chapter 16, where Jesus said, I tell you the truth in verse 7, that I go away, but if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Who is he talking about? He's talking about this great third person of the Holy Spirit the great third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And he said, if I go away, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, and so forth. And then in verse 12, Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. How be it? How be it? When he, the spirit of truth, has come. Now, he's talking about, Jesus is saying, there's so much I would have liked to have told you in the last three years, but you couldn't get it. Now, earlier in that same passage in verse 7, he said, it's actually going to be to your advantage that I go away so he can come. It will be to your blessing that I go so he, he comes and takes my place. And Jesus said, I have many things to say, but you can't hear them now. How about it? How be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. And he will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things Jesus said the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and will declare it unto you. Now. I'm talking very slow because I want every person in our worldwide audience to listen. When preachers preach, teachers teach, Christians talk, while at the same time ignoring the ministry, the role of the Holy Spirit. It is nothing more than parrots pretending to be dogs. They sound like dogs. They growl like dogs. They bark like dogs. They want people to think 
that they are dogs. That's what they wanted me to think that night when I was out there in the rain, is to make me think that they were dogs, but they were never dogs. But when we come to know this wonderful third person of the Trinity, the, the only one of the Trinity that is here in the earth today, and we love him, and we honor him, and we yield to him, and we allow him to have a role in our lives. All these amazing things that Jesus said he would do, he will do them for us. But he doesn't do it automatically for everyone. He does it for those who ask. He does it for those who desire. He does it for those who hunger for him and reach out to him. And so many, so many preachers, so many pastors, they get up and they bark 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 and they make all the sound but it is all hollow, it is all empty, and it is all without power. But when we honor the Holy Spirit, and we allow him to teach us, when we allow him to lead us, when we allow him to anoint us with himself, suddenly, Everything comes to life. It's not like the rabbit, the, 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 the Jesus that died and buried and the dogs dug him up and cleaned him up and put him in a cage, which is basically the image that the world has of Jesus today. All of these churches, all of these churches, you know, well, that was a church of Jesus, but isn't it, a, isn't it a shame what happened to Jesus? You know, they wear big crosses around their neck. The cross, I love the cross, but Iris, it did. The cross was not the end. The cross was the beginning. And he is alive today. And he is in the earth today by the Holy Spirit. That's why he's here. And he is not optional. He's not optional. Pastor, when you go to the pulpit next Sunday, when you go to the pulpit next Sunday, you can get up there and bark and growl and try to convince people that you actually know what you're talking about. But basically, you're having a service to honor a I dead rabbit. When in reality, when in reality, God wants to come with resurrection power, resurrection glory, resurrection anointing, and save the lost, heal the sick, Fill Christians with the life 
of God himself. The life of God himself. The Holy Spirit of God. I mean, I, I feel the presence of the Lord, the anointing on me here right now in, in Orlando, Florida, just telling you about this truth. Just, just talking about it. He comes. But he promised he would come. He said, I will come. He said, I will not leave you orphans. As orphans, he said, I will come. And our time moves along so quickly. But Iris, in these last days, Jesus really is coming. Amen. <laughs> and people, people don't get it. They don't understand. But this Lord Jesus, the one that went away, really is physically coming. He is going to appear and catch away the believing church in the twinkling of an eye. In what's called the great pre-tribulation catching away or rapture of the church. And that will begin the, the beginning of seven years of all hell breaking out on earth. And at the end of that seven years, he is going to come back physically. Jesus will return to this earth physically in Jerusalem, and we are coming with him. Hallelujah. And Jesus is going to put down all rule. He is going to put down every political party, and he will rule, and he will reign in the earth. Glory to God. There won't be any more Labor Party, any more Conservative Party. There won't be any more Democrat Party, Republican Party, Conservative, Liberal, Left, Right, Red, Blue, Pink, Polka Dot, any other party. Jesus will rule. Jesus will rule. The Lord Jesus will rule. The Lord Jesus will rule and reign. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But I say all these things to, again, to your audience, ours, again and again and again and again and again, to underscore one simple truth. We must honor. We must cherish. We must yield to. We must hunger after the third person of the Trinity, this one that Jesus described so eloquently in John 14, 15, 16, and 17, who came in Acts, who was promised in Acts chapter 1, and who came in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. That one is still here. He is not less than he was then. He's not somehow different than he was then. The one that came remains. The one who came remains. And he will remain so until Jesus comes for the church. But in these last days, he is moving powerfully. I had an email that came to me from a young evangelist 
that had his first crusade in Africa. And he finished that up last night. And he's emailing me from Africa this morning to tell me what God did. He said there were so many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that were saved. But he said there were so many miracles of healing that we could not even get them all on the platform to give their testimonies of the deaf ears that had unstopped, the blind eyes that were perfectly restored, the crippled people that were walking, the mighty, mighty miracles of God, the mighty, mighty miracles of God. Jesus is alive. Amen. And yet most churches today, it's like, well, we've got the, we've got the dead rabbit, you know, in the cage and, we believe he resurrected. You know, that was the only way he came out of the dirt was to, and, and obviously he's clean and beautiful, but, you know, we just buried him again and, and put him back and just declared him dead. But we keep the rabbit hutch in the backyard, you know, as a memory. And a lot of these churches, they're just like the empty rabbit hutch where the rabbit used to live, but the, the rabbit, lived, the rabbit died, the rabbit was, was resurrected, hallelujah, but then the rabbit died again, and we buried the rabbit again, but we still keep the hutch, and every Sunday morning, we go to the rabbit house, and we talk about the rabbit, and we remember the rabbit, and we tell the story of the rabbit, and we tell everybody that will come to the rabbit house with us about how the rabbit lived, the rabbit died, the rabbit rose again, and then we buried the rabbit after he had risen from the dead. It's a great story, you see, but there's no rabbit, and God wants to fill us with his life, his power, his glory, his anointing, and come and do great and mighty things in the earth before Jesus comes, and he's coming very, very soon. Amen. You know, while you were talking, I was just thinking how quickly when you tune into Holy Spirit and, and it just becomes part of your lifestyle, how quickly you, you, you get answers and healings and whatever it is you've asked for. And obviously within, within the right things that are good for you. But this morning, John, I, I just woke up as usual and I said, good morning, Holy Spirit. I don't know what my day is, but you do. So this day is over to you. And then I just reminded Holy Spirit because a couple of three months ago, I prayed a prayer and within a few hours, my daughter had a house. One that, yeah. uh, under, the, under the market pricing, I'd asked for a, a good price so they'd have some money left over to live on because they're both out of work now, their ages. And um, that, that happened. It happened just like that. Lickety -spirit. Yeah. And nothing else happened for all these weeks. Well, I got a little bit fed up with that because I'm expecting them to do something about that. And I had sort of shelved it. But, you know, I spoke to Holy Spirit this morning and I said, 
you know, your word can't return void. God's word can't return void. And these are the things that I asked you for. And I'm asking that that contract will be signed today. They will receive it and sign it today. Just before you came on, I took a phone call from my daughter. I said, Mum, can we use your printer and come over and collect this? So I said, yeah. And that was the printer for the contract so they can sign it. Isn't that wonderful? Well, it is, yes. isn't it? Because it was, it, you know, you know that it works. Yeah. So when you try yes. and put somebody else, you do it. You know, you yes. get things right. And, and they don't. And then you have to maybe bail them out until they learn. I don't know. But she is 62. So coming up. And it, as you say, how much does it take to keep on? Yes. Keep on telling the story. Keep on telling the story. Well, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of the Father in the earth. And what Jesus wants to do in the earth, what the Father wants to do in the earth, he does by his spirit in the earth. And if we could only grasp that truth, yeah, it would change right. everything. That's right. Well, it would change everything. It, it certainly would. But, you know, we're out of time again, aren't we? And <laughs> you've got a big day ahead of you over there in America. It's your morning still. Yes. And uh, coming up to our tea time here in the UK. But thanks again, John, for being with us and for all of your time. And you're such a blessing to everybody. Everybody enjoys listening to you, just to, to let you know that. I love coming and meeting with you and all of your friends around the world every week. They're a great bunch, aren't they? They are. Yeah. All right, then. Bye-bye, everybody out there. God bless you. Keep smiling. <laughs>